The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Biz Buzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in industry and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Yes, you are. Welcome to Biz Buzz with Game Changers. Today's buzz, wake up retailers. Uh Uh-huh, I've got a message for you. It's a newsflash. Actually, if it's a newsflash, you've been sleeping somewhere behind a rock. Today's shoppers are not loyal to any one channel. I hope that's not news, but if it is, I'll tell you. Consumers often don't start and end their shopping in one channel. They're not just digital. They're not just walk-in brick and mortar. Instead, they may use the digital domain. We know that includes search and includes social, e-commerce. They'll combine it with the physical domain. Yes, good old-fashioned brick and mortar, maybe a mall, maybe a standalone, big box, mom and pop. They'll put them together in tandem, and they'll make a single purchase decision. It's complex. They're designing their own process, the timing, the path. They want to browse. They want to price. They want to purchase. They even want to return items. Oh, yeah that. Across multiple platforms and devices, they want it easy, they want it seamless, and it has to suit their personal and professional lifestyle, their wallet, their mood, their whims, their convenience. What? Guess what? If you're not giving them a great experience on every channel right now today, they could have already moved their loyalty away from you and your brand to your competition. Bottom line, can you afford to lose customers because of that? The experts speak, and what a great panel I have for you today. Wait till you hear what they have to say. First up, I'll introduce to you in just a couple minutes, is Brian Kilcourse from RSR Retail Systems Research. That's why he's on the show. And Brian says, and I quote, The retail industry is at a true reset moment, and reset is in quotes, triggered by the rapid adoption of customer technologies around the globe. It's no longer about what retailers want to sell. It's about what consumers want to buy. Big, strong words of wisdom from Brian Kilcourse. He will explain to us in just a couple minutes. Joining Brian on the panel today is Christine B. Whittemore, Simple Marketing Now. I like that concept. And she says, the biggest challenge in retail today is figuring out how to be human. Put that word in magic marker, write it on the side of a building, crochet it on a pillow. How to be human across all channels and expressing that in a convincing manner to customers. Very interesting insights, POV from Christine Whittemore. She's a return guest, so is Brian Kilcourse on other parts of our SAP Game Changers Radio umbrella, as I like to call it. And rounding out the panel today is a newcomer to SAP Radio. It's my, my good friend and colleague I've worked with for several years, Russ Hill Jr. from SAP. And Russ has a very interesting quote. He says, in the highly complex ecosystem and convergence of channels in retail, 
Uncovering the customer buying behavior is a matter of survival and a necessary ingredient that's radically changing the way business processes are orchestrated in the retail enterprise. Here's the kicker from Russ. No longer open heart surgery, but a heart transplant. There's some medical advice from, we'll call him the honorary Dr. Russell. We'll be talking to Russ in just a minute. So join us for more of their expert insights. It's going to be quite a show. Our topic today is Beyond Channels, Chasing Retail Customer Loyalty. Welcome to Biz Buzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. I am Bonnie D. Graham, wishing all of you a very happy new year. Welcome to 2014. Let me now introduce my panelists. You know a little bit about them already, but we'll hear their voices, and then we'll go back and find out what their quotes really, really mean. Brian Kilcourse is co-founder and managing partner of Retail Systems Research, LLC, that's RSR, focusing on delivering research strategies and knowledge for the extended retail industry, and I'll ask him later to explain what the extended retail industry is. RSR has advisory relationships with best-known technology companies, including Cisco Systems, SAP, of course, IBM, Toshiba, SAS, Manhattan, and JDA. Brian has authored research reports on omnichannel retailing, and that's really what we're talking about today, supply chain, customer data security, business intelligence and analytics, and I could go on and on for the whole show, and he has led training seminars on selling technology value to retailers. Happy New Year, Brian Kilcourse. How are you today? Well, I'm warmer than you are, Bonnie. I'm out here in San Francisco. You're in New York, so I feel for you, but I'll be visiting you next week. Thank you. I'll try to warm it up for you, Brian. Thanks, thanks for, thanks for that knock. Yes, we are in New York here. We're hovering around zero right now, and I understand we're going to take the plunge down to about 15 below tonight. It's going to be a little bit of Alaska weather here, and I know you don't feel sorry for me at all, Brian, but Brian, I'm thrilled you're coming back. We've had your colleague, uh, Paula Rosenblum from RSR on one of our shows as well. Glad to have you. I know you have a lot to say, so thank you for calling in. Let's turn to Christine B. Whittemore. She's, the, I love this title. She Chief Simplifier of Simple Marketing Now, LLC. It's an inbound marketing strategy consultancy that helps organizations get found online. It doesn't even sound like good English, but it makes sense to me. you got to get found online using social media and content marketing. Christine's marketing blog called Flooring the Consumer, another great picture word, about is about the retail experience and marketing to women. It's listed in the Ad Age Power 150 and the Buyer's Own Top 20 Business Marketing Blogs. She also publishes the Content Talks business blog, offering online marketing advice and best practices, and she contributes to, contributes to Marketing Profs and the Content Marketing Institute. I have to mention she's co-president of the Columbia Business School's Alumni Club of New York Board of Directors. Hello, Christine Whittemore. Happy New Year. How are you? Hello, Bonnie. Doing well, thank you. And I am equally in the frigid zone with you in New Jersey. Uh, And uh, uh, very excited to be here so that uh, the blood can be pumping and keeping me warm. I like that. We are going to keep you warm for the next hour. And me too. I hope the heat's still pumping in the background, though. (laughs) Can't just base it on love of talk radio, Christine. We know that. Thanks so much, Christine. And let's welcome Russ Hill, Jr., Senior Director, SAP Global Retail Industry Marketing for Advanced Analytics. Russ has over 30 years of experience in the retail wholesale distribution, and data warehousing industry. His expertise focuses in merchandising, procurement, marketing, sales, and distribution. Russ has led a cross-functional 
team that developed a retail program of analytical and operational applications at Teradata and now at SAP. He focuses on advanced analytics for the retail and wholesale distribution industries. He's written a lot of articles. He's a faculty member of the IIA, that's International Institute for Analytics, and interacts with multinational retailers. Russ Hill, it's about time we got you on SAP Radio. How are you, Russ? Bonnie, I'm doing fine other than maybe a little bit of a head cold, but I'm I'm uh, fortunately in balmy Austin, Texas, where it's supposed to be 51 today, and I will be in New York next week at the uh, National Retail Federation, so hopefully it's going to warm up. Rub in the warm weather. It was actually 55 here yesterday, Russ, believe it or not. Now we've taken oh. a very severe plunge. I'm counting on you and Brian next time. Christine and I are counting on both of you. Next time you come to New York, whenever it is, bring the warm weather, damn it. Okay, that's what I'm going to ask you to do. We, we have cheesecake. We have everything wonderful here in New York, but we don't have warm weather right now. So you bring it. Put it in your suitcase and bring it. Now let's go back and let's look at the quotes you all sent me and find out what you really meant. Brian Kilcourse, RSR. You said the retail industry is at a true reset moment. Let's start right there. You say it's triggered by the rapid adoption of consumer technologies around the globe. The technologies are there. Is this a a slow ramp up, a fast ramp up? Are consumers craving to adopt these technologies in this global, I want it now, I need it now mindset? Talk to me, Brian Kilcourse. Well, it's a great question, and I would say it's a very, very rapid ramp up. Uh, we've, we saw mm-hmm. the beginnings of it uh, with, of course, uh, the, the, the advent of the browser in the mid-90s, but it really a small segment of the world population was using that to, to do their investigations for, for purchases and those kinds of things. But what happened in 2010 was the, the rapid um, um, uh, acceptance of smart mobile technologies, and that kicked it into the stratosphere. What I meant when I said reset moment was that retail was built around the notion that the customers always come to the stores to investigate and to select and eventually to purchase their products. But when you think about your own shopping behaviors nowadays, um, it's the first time in the history of our species that that the shopper carries the store around with them in their pocket or purse. Mm-hmm. So we're routinely doing investigations of our, our of our purchases using digital technology, and we do it far away from the store, and that's changing everything. It absolutely is. And let me finish the rest of your quote, Brian. I, I'm going to share, maybe right after you, you finish your quote, a little retail experience that happened to me that was very disappointing and very telling about Omnichannel. You say it's no longer about what retailers want to sell, but what consumers want to buy. Has this also been a slow ramp up, a rapid ramp up? When did we get to the point where it's like, okay, you got 50 of this. I only want one. You don't have what I want. Damn it. I'm going somewhere else. When did we get to this point where you have to have what consumers want to buy? And the hell with your inventory. Talk to me, Brian. Well, you know, you could say it's a slow ramp up. I think if uh, one of the things we might all agree on, no matter who we are and where we work and what we do, is that we don't have enough time for the things that we want to do in our lives. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that consumers uh, are really uh, demanding with all of these new capabilities is the ability to to find a relevant solution to whatever their lifestyle need is right Right. then without having to to plow through a bunch of stuff they don't want. And that's changing things for retailers. Uh, The other thing to remember is that consumers now have a whole world from which to choose their products and their solutions. They don't have to go and accept what it is that you've decided to assort at your store. They now, they now can look anywhere they want. Um, 
I know this is terrible to say, but no matter which store I go to, I almost always check up on the Amazon site to see if uh, what people mm-hmm. have to say about it, what other choices I have available to me. I do it all the time. I think a lot of us do, and and I'm going to introduce the word fun to this. It's fun. It's exciting to say, hey, before I go to the store and walk aisle to aisle and department to department, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to be informed. I'm going to have knowledge in my pocket, as you say. Bring the store with me. What am I looking for? What's the brand? What has the best reviews? What price point am I looking for? Right. It is fun, and I think it's exciting. It's changed the, oh, I have to go shopping to, wow, I know what I want. I can't wait to go find it, and the challenge is finding it. I'll save my story till later. Uh, let's bring Thank you, Brian. Christine Whittemore, Simple Marketing Now. You say the biggest challenge in retail today is figuring out how to be human. There's that H word so powerful across all channels. Let's stop right there. Talk to me. How human is a retailer supposed to be? How do you define human, Christine? Well, Bonnie, when you think of it, um, retail is a a very basic um, uh, activity that we've been engaged in for ages. Um, It's basic. It's about people interacting with people to come up with a solution of some sort. Um, And good retail makes that interaction and transaction easy so that you find what you need um, uh, and can buy that perfect solution to your want or need. Um, So think Turkish bazaars, corner grocer, general store. Um, And yes, there was fun uh, and there's entertainment involved with it, but there's also Mm -hmm. trust. Um, uh, ultimately, it's it's about um, uh, earning trust and building a relationship um, so that there can that transaction can take place. Um, I love that Brian mentioned um, Amazon because Amazon has radically changed expectations. Because in many ways, Amazon, even though you're not dealing with a face-to-face person, has made it so simple, so easy, and in many ways very human um, uh, to conduct business um, because there's intelligence at work. Um, so there's trust. You feel that you can trust um, uh, Amazon. You feel comfortable um, and you want to come back. Um, and um, that that's what um, has to happen um, just uh, not only online but in person also because that is the ultimate in terms of relationship building face-to-face. Um, and good retailers create a sense of welcome in their space and they do that in their stores. They also do that online line. Um, and that's where that human element comes in, um, that intense caring that comes through in the people interactions and in the, the word interactions. And ideally, ideally technology enables all of that. Very interesting. I want to bring up two points. Number one, Christine, the Amazon experience. Amazon may not be a person, but when you go look at the reviews, it's an aggregation of people's input. So there is, to me, a very human quality where I can go and see 5, 10, 15, 20, or even just two or three reviews of what the product really was like when it got out of the box or when it arrived in the mail. And to me, that's very, that aggregation of humanity is a very interesting byproduct of being able to interact with people you'll never see or meet, but All of a sudden, you care about their opinions because you're about to put your money down. Interesting. Uh, The other thing is, and we'll talk about this later, in the brick and mortar, that trust, that caring, you still get a very poor, very often, a very poor on-the-floor sales 
person sales associate experience because they don't get their role in the trust building. They don't get their role as a representative of the brand. They're just there to do a job and can't wait to go home. I think we've all experienced that from time to time. So that's another hurdle. That's the least high-tech hurdle in the retail chain as far as I'm concerned. Thank you, Christine. We have a lot more to talk about. Russ Hill, let's talk about this highly complex ecosystem and convergence of channels in retail. Talk to me, Russ. Oh, gosh, Bonnie, I tell you, I found it real interesting what uh, both Brian and Christine said. I'm going to incorporate some of that uh, Mm -hmm. as I uh, speak. The one thing that comes to mind uh, is retail's under siege. And what I mean by that, there's a balance of power that's changed the ecosystem, okay? And and Brian touched on this uh, relative to the way the consumer is changing that. And if, if you go back long ago in my in my timeline it used to be that the vendors and the suppliers basically dictated what took place within the marketplace as mm-hmm. far as promotions activities co-op funds uh you name it product availability trends things like that then all of a sudden you had the change with the big box retailers that kind of changed the dynamics relative to everyday low cost, everyday low pricing, um, and so forth. And that kind of changed it to the next level where the shift in power went to retail. Now all of a sudden, and you've heard a lot about consumerization of IT, and, and if you uh-huh. think about what's happened there, uh, you look at technology, you look at uh, the mobile devices, you look at the availability of technology to get closer to the product, the pricing, the inventory, and so forth. It's changed, and retailers are under siege. And what this means is that there's got to be a uh, look at the traditional integration approaches. They don't scale to meet the complexity and real-time need to combine data uh, and the rest of the data that's in motion or uh, on-premise and so forth. So there's a big change that's happening out there in retail today. Russ, I want to finish the rest of your quote before we go to break. You had some very serious, almost medical tones to your quote. You say uncovering the customer buying behavior is a matter of survival. And then you say no longer open heart surgery but a heart transplant. Okay, Dr. Russell Hill, tell me, doctor, what changed from open heart surgery and why do we need an entire transplant in the retail industry or the convergence? Talk to me. Okay, and and this is is what stands out, Bonnie, and Mm -hmm. it's basically a convergence of what Brian and both Christine indicated. Number one, you've got technology that's out there today, and and realistically, if you look at, uh, we did a recent study, and uh, it came out this past year, and 83% of retailers consider themselves lagging at or par with competition in terms of strategic use of customer analytics, Okay. And what does that mean? That tells me that there is an inadequate uh, integration of technology relative to the organization. And what I mean by the organization is retail is not going to be retail as we know it in the future. And how far out that is, I don't know. But merchandisers are not going to be merchandisers. Marketing is not going to be marketing. Warehousing distribution is not going to be uh, warehousing distribution as we know it today. The technology is what's going to enable them to get to, or I should say, necessitate them to get closer to understanding this new 
customer that's out there today because that's what's changing. The one thing I wanted to emphasize that um, Christine brought up is the basic human element, and I thought that was intriguing, and I'll tell you why. Uh, in retail, there is a component, and it's called a passion to serve. And this mm-hmm. passion to serve is the element that retail needs to start thinking about how yes. they embrace and embody yes. change to be yes. able to start forming those relationships in a new way. Very, very important. Dr. Russ has spoken. Guess what? We're going to give them all a break, get them, get them to clear their throats and pour another cup of whatever because you know what's happening. When we come back, I'm going to ask my three esteemed guests What's in your cup today? I'm speaking today with Brian Kilcoris from RSR, that's Retail Systems Research, Christine B. Whittemore from Simple Marketing Now, what a concept, and Russ Hill Jr. from SAP. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham, happy to be here on the first live show of the season for Biz Buzz with Game Changers presented by SAP. Don't even think of touching that dial, that mouse, that app, whatever channel you're on. We're glad you're here with us. We'll be right back. Brad out. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Business models have a short shelf life. Today's reality, given shifting technologies, real-time information, and collaboration across time zones, competitive advantage increasingly resides in speed to market and in the cloud. The bottom line? Technology cycles will continue to shorten, making business planning cycles less realistic and strategies less tenable. You need to become a savvy innovator who looks ahead to the next technology trend and its applications to tomorrow's business and industry strategy. BizBuzz with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Biz Buzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Biz Buzz with Game Changers. Je pense donc je suis. It's time to ask my three guests what they're drinking today. But before I do, first a shout out to Tom Flanagan, who is tweeting his heart out. Everything that Brian Kilcourse, Christine B. Whittemore, and Russell are saying, everything they're saying is being captured for posterity on Twitter. If you want to see what's happening on our tweet stream, take a look at hashtag S. A-P Radio. I'll spell the whole thing for you, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Join Tom on the tweet stream and see what's going on. I'm retweeting as fast as I can. So, Brian Kilcourse from RSR, what's in your cup today or what do you wish you were drinking, Brian? <laughs> well, I'm drinking what I would wish. I'm drinking uh, Pete's Coffee <laughs> Espresso Forte. My entire adult life has been fueled by this stuff, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I love the San Francisco Bay Area so much, because that's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. I sense that this is high test loaded with caffeine, right? Well, who knows? All I know is that it keeps me awake and alive, right? (laughs) Helps me to keep up with all of these issues that uh, keep uh, bombarding our industry. 
I was going to tell you that they don't let Bonnie have caffeine on radio show days, but we probably figured that one out already. So I, en- I envy those of you who can enjoy the kick and get away with it and survive. Christine B. Widemar, what are you drinking today, my dear? Uh, in my cup is my closest imitation to a Starbucks venti non-fat latte, and the, the milk is steaming hot to keep warm. Um, oh, so, nice. uh, you, I, I you hear need you, that Brian. in New Jersey. Yes, caffeine and warmth. <laughs> There you go. It's a good combination. Russ Hill, what drinkest thou? Oh, Bonnie, I tell you, I drink coffee all day long, and uh, I am drinking a Starbucks breakfast blend, and uh, for Christmas we got the, uh, what is it, the new Keurig uh, dispenser, and it used to be that I had the uh, pot available. Well, now I've got to go over there and continually fire up these single servings, so it's uh, it's readily available, so it works out rather nice. <laughs> That's an interesting bit of consumer feedback on what's supposed to be a high-tech solution to the you-can-have-it-your-way-one-cup-at-a-time. That's Russ, you have to tell the Keurig folks, not so great for you. You'd rather have the pot of coffee. Thank you, Russ. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, Brian. Let's start our roundtable. Let's get serious now. Our topic today, of course, is Beyond Channels. We also could have named the show Beyond Omni Channels, Chasing Retail Customer Loyalty. That's all they really want because loyalty spells Money spells profits, and that's what keeps retailers alive to pour that next cup of coffee. I'm going to ask Brian Kilcourse to kick off. Boy, that was a lot of k- 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 k's there. Brian Kilcourse to kick off our roundtable. <laughs> Didn't think about that. Uh, you have something you call the uh, RSR Omnichannel Maturity Model, Brian. You've got six dimensions. I don't want to make this into a term paper or a webinar. However, I'd love for you to mention the six dimensions, and then we're going to have Christine and Russ chime in at any point, and then we're going to move along to other aspects of our topic. So, Brian, what are the dimensions in this omni-channel maturity model, Maturity model, yeah. Well, um, one of the things that we get asked a lot um, from retailers is, so just how do I approach this? How do I roadmap my Mm -hmm. business? Uh, Assuming that it really is a reset moment and I really have to do change the fundamentals of my business. And we focus on these six dimensions. And those dimensions are these. They're customer, product, inventory, order fulfillment, Locus, and we can explain that, and of mm-hmm. course, technology. Um, let's go over these very briefly. Customer. I've yep. never met a retailer in my life who doesn't think he or she is customer centric, but in truth, retail is a very product centric uh, industry. It's always been about pushing product toward the customer. But now the customer mm-hmm. is demanding relevance in their lifestyle, and so it's, it's up to retailers to understand what it is that the customer wants, how they want it, when they want it, where they want it, and even why they want it. Product uh, in that context means something different. It's, it's not about commodities anymore, but it's about solutions. So one of the challenges that retailers are facing is they have to move from a transactional mindset to a relational mindset, and that's, and that's a big change for them. Mm-hmm. Inventory, of course, is about the right inventory in the right place and in the right quantity and at the right price. Mm-hmm. But there's a, new, uh, there's a new right that we have to add to it. It's available at the, in the right way at the right time because that yes. brings up the next thing, new order fulfillment options. Nowadays, consumers want to be able to get their product anytime and anywhere. Retail is built on the notion that all customer orders, virtually all of them, would be fulfilled in a store, and that is patently not true anymore. We all know this mm-hmm. in our lives. Yes. Locus is really about the harmonization of the digital world and the physical one. 
Uh, retailers are very physical world oriented. Uh, they haven't paid much attention to the digital world, but now the consumers are demanding that they do. And finally, technology. My boss, my CEO of 20 years, asked me one day what stood in the way of success for me. It was one of those uncomfortable discussions. And I said, Ooh. truthfully, it's that if you could snap your fingers and make me and everything that I represent go away, you'd do it in a heartbeat. Because I was the uh, top technologist in the company. And he said mm -hmm. that was cruel but fair. <laughs> the, the, fact, the, tr the truth is Ooh. that most retailers really don't like technology very much. But what we're talking about here is the blending of the digital world bits with the physical mm -hmm. world atoms. And those things have to work together to solve consumers' problems, or the retailer will be out of business. Great overview. Thank you so much, Brian. Christine, you want to chime in on any of these six dimensions, customer, product, inventory, order fulfillment, locus, or technology? Anything uh, come to mind right away to you? Um, uh, yes. Um, I, I think that um, the, the whole notion of providing solutions is major. We live in a world where we have too much stuff. The last mm -hmm. thing we need is more stuff, but we need we need solutions, um, and we need to do so in a way that recognizes that um, we don't have enough time. Um, uh, I'm interested uh, that um, it, I mean I mentioned that human the human factor is so very yes. critical in in retail, and yet um, it's not. Uh, you, um, Brian hasn't specifically mentioned it as uh, an element when all of these elements can't be delivered at an optimal level without mm -hmm. the people angle. And the people angle, that, that to me is part of where there's this big reset moment because um, retail has traditionally been the entry point, um, low, low, low person on the totem pole. Um, that was your starting job. Um, and it was, uh, you know, luck of the draw, whether you you had someone who had that passion to serve uh, that Russ mentioned or couldn't care less and just was there to punch a card. And the people are the, the golden element of success, whether it's in person or whether it's online, because you still need the smarts to interpret the data to know whether to push out more emails or whether to hold back because the category is a sensitive one. And um, that, to me, is where there, there is opportunity and also amazing, um, uh, uh, I guess it's opportunity to fail and opportunity mm -hmm. to rise above. So the challenge, uh, from what I'm hearing you say, Christine, is how do you get the right people in the right positions where the human element is handled professionally and carefully and thoughtfully in the context that there's only one person standing there that, who's talking to that customer after all is said and done and all the technology and all the research and all the browsing. And if you go to the brick-and-mortar store, it's that one human interaction that can make or break the relationship the engagement, the loyalty. Am I right, Christine? It really still comes down to people to people. Yes, it's it is people to people, and the benefit that the digital that technology has brought us is that we can avoid bad people by going online, um, uh, and and that then transforms what happens um, in real life um, because you can't avoid uh, the the ignorance and the apathy and and all of that. Um, 
So yes. Until you until you meet a very bad online experience, a badly designed website where things are misleading or hard or convoluted, and you still can't get what you want, and then you're going to say, whoever designed this website is crap. They should be fired. I think it all it still comes down to the idea that there's a person. Russ, we need to get you in this conversation. What do you think about this human aspect? Anything that Brian Kilcourse mentioned? Talk to me, oh, Russ. Hill. Oh golly, I tell you what, uh, what Brian what Brian just elaborated on is so true, and, and I'll tell you the dimensions. It's all about the dimensions, okay? And when I looked at each one of those areas, it's all about the data and the attributes. And this is what I meant by or, uh, uh, heart transplant, mm-hmm. is retailers need to start looking at their organizational structure and align it up accordingly, okay? And you can only do that with the data. And this is what I meant by different lines of businesses within the retail enterprise. They're going to change. They're going to change. They're going to change drastically because of the customer and the way that the customer is driving uh, the, the operations. Uh, it used to be the emotional factor, okay, and it still is, but it's moved from the, the, the retailer who used to be an intuitive, what I'll call intuitive override, which mm-hmm. basically meant that we thought that we know what the customer wants, and yes. now it's what the customer is driving us to understand or the need to understand what we will provide, okay? And it's more than just product. It's pricing. It's promotions. It's, it's you know, how can I as a retailer leapfrog my competition? And th- this is where, you know, it gets back to the human element that Christine talked about it once again. It's that passion of understanding and differentiate oneself. The thing that always impresses me is I look at uh, the obesity situation that we have in the United States, and being a grocer or uh, anybody uh, impacted by, you know, the food or even fast food or table service or whatever, what could I do to leverage and provide the nutritional aspect of information data to be able to help the uh, marketplace become more, or the customer, the end consumer, become more effective? This is the same thing with products. I mean, it's just everything. It's anything that you can take the data and change that infrastructure. Interesting. Thank you, Russ. I, I want to take one of the points you sent me before the show, Russ. I want to take us in a slightly different direction, talking about the importance of customer insight. Uh, Russ, I'll have you kick off this this part of the roundtable, and I want Brian and Christine, please jump in at any point. Russ says, retailers acknowledge the importance of customer insight. However, their ability to excel at infusing customer insights into key decision-making processes is limited by their low maturity of analytics across business functions. So my question to you, Russ, is who in the organization is in charge of paying attention to how the analytics work in terms of bringing in the data from the customer and what the heck do we do with it now? How fast do we change? How much do we change? How do we incorporate that insight so that we are smarter, so that we're giving the consumer what they want, not just what we've said we want to put on the shelf because we have a lot of inventory. So, Russ, who who is the, the brains behind this, yes, we need to take customer insight seriously, but we need to do it with hard, by harnessing technology for it. How does that process happen, Russ? Well, I tell you, that's a great question, and I wasn't really anticipating you <laughs> asking that, but one of the things that came up... Surprise! <laughs> it's live one radio! Of the, one of the, I'm not surprised, Bonnie, knowing you. Uh, one you. of the things that did come up, and you'll find this of interest in a survey that we did, an extensive survey that we did, 
with retail is that 81% don't have a customer insight officer, okay? Now think about that. And if you go back and think about the way retail structured themselves, go back to the late Mm -hmm. 80s, early early 90s, um, retail had a separate e-commerce business unit. And that Mm -hmm. business unit was basically put over in in the far part of the warehouse, and those guys went off and did their own thing. And this is, this is what I'm trying to uh, say is that bringing back these different channels as a dimension and looking at the master data to the points that Brian talks about and being able to replatform the organization to the different lines of businesses within that retail organization, this is what's going to enable change, right, mm-hmm. to be able to address a single view of the customer because at the end of the day, that is the top element, or I should say top goal that retail mm-hmm. is trying to get to. Thank you. Thanks for allowing me to insert that question, Russ. I appreciate it. Brian Kilcourse, I'm sure RSR has dealt with this. So you've got something. You want to talk about this with us? Well, insights is a, is a fascinating subject. But it, it, you have to think about how you've shopped in past times. Mm-hmm. You'd walk into a store, and both you and the, and the retailer were on the same page. Anything that was available to you was going to be in that store. And so what you'd do is you'd walk the aisles. You might pick up the circular as you walked in the door to mm-hmm. see it was on promotion. You'd right. look at the national brand. You'd look at the private label. You'd pay attention to things like, um, you know, uh, how well it was stocked, how well the, the store was lit, whether the aisles were wide or narrow, whether there was somebody there to help you, et cetera, et cetera. And you'd do your investigations right there in the store. You'd make your selections. You'd put them in your basket. You'd walk to the front of the store. You'd check out, and you're on your way out. Simple. Now think of what we do. Now mm-hmm. we're outside far beyond the view, the physical view of the retailer, and we're doing our investigations at home on our iPad or Android device or sitting watching uh, Downton Abbey on Sunday night. Then we go to work. The next day we've kind of made a selection of uh, a series of choices. We've checked on social media to see what other people think about these solutions. Mm-hmm. And we check uh, to see which retailer near our office place has the inventory we're looking for so that we can uh, go there and quickly grab it on our, on our lunch break. And then we go to the store, and then we hopefully would find what we're looking for, and we make our selection, and we go home. But the point that I'm making is that the most influential parts of that, of that dialogue, if you think about it as a dialogue, are the investigative and the selection processes, which are happening outside of the physical world of the retailer. So the question first is, what's going on out there? How can we observe what's going on out there in that digital world? And secondarily, how can we interface with that in that in that dialogue in a more relevant way to create essentially a bias for the things that we that we have to sell the solutions that we have for for retailers excuse me for customers so that they don't mm-hmm. go to another retailer or to Amazon and this is where it becomes really important you know i want to also bring in the the human element uh, once yes. i get into the store the most annoying thing imaginable short of not having the inventory is running into a uh, a store employee who knows less about the solution than you do and you got to remember <laughs> that that yes. um, you're now you're now fully empowered. You know everything about this product. You know about that's the, right. And, and uh, that's right. And so and so when you think about insights, I'm I, I'm with I'm with Russ on this. You have to start paying attention to the signals. I think of them as digital breadcrumbs that mm-hmm. consumers are leaving 
in their path to purchase as they eventually get, hopefully, to your store. And what, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? What's the context? And then how can we effectively and in a friendly and non-intrusive way, a relevant way, if you will, how can we interface with them in order to help them to get to the right solution, hopefully at our store? That's what we want. Thank you, Brian. I'm going to drop in two quick anecdotes here. Christine, I'm going to ask you to jump in at any point while I'm rattling on here. Number one, Macy's had a habit of giving temporary employment to an awful lot of people during the holiday season, and I know I ran into several of them, but their knowledge was based on about, I'll say, 10 square feet of store racks in a particular department. All they knew was what was in front of them. They couldn't tell you what was 18 feet away or in the next department. All they said was, I'm in charge of this rack. That's all I know. I can't help you. Talk about pleasant but frustrating in their little red aprons it's like why are you even here number one number two a friend of mine needed a uh, meat grinder we'll say fish grinder remember the old-fashioned kind that clamps onto the side of the kitchen counter russ i think you probably remember those and you put we wanted to we, we wanted to grind salmon for salmon burgers put the salmon in the top grind the damn handle the stuff comes out you add your seasonings you put in the pan wow okay what did i do being an omni-channel person i researched i found two brands ten dollar price difference i checked one had a horrible customer rating everybody online was this is a piece of blank, blank, blank tea. Don't buy it. It'll hurt you. It's hard to put together. The paint peels off. It'll scratch your hands. The parts are missing. OMG. Pay the $10 more. Went and looked at the other brand. Got rave reviews. Where was it? Great Bed Bath & Beyond. Got in the car Sunday night. Went to Bed Bath & Beyond. Marched in. Went to the small appliance department. Looked on every shelf. I found a sales associate. Hi, I'm looking for the blah, blah, blah. He said, we don't carry them in the store, only online. No, I said, no. I be- I, well, hold on. It gets better. I said, really? Are you serious? I said, well, what about the other store that's three miles away? I can easily go there. It's only 6 o'clock Sunday. He said, let me check. He went to his computer. He put in. He knew the name. He found the inventory number. Nope, they don't carry it either. I said, you mean I spent an hour researching online, and I never saw the bubble that, came, that was supposed to come up that says, only available online from Bed Bath & Beyond. Are you serious? I said, okay, what about the little hand chopper, the kind with the blades that you plunge it up and down in a cup, you know, and you chop your nuts and your fruit and you know, all that? He said, nope, all sold out over Christmas. There's not a single one left in the store. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Macy's, which was down the block. I went to Macy's. Look everywhere. They only had a $100 electric version. They don't carry any of those brands. And it was on order. They didn't have it. And all they had was a KitchenAid attachment. You had to buy the $300 machine to get the attachment for the grinder. Came home and did the damn thing with a knife. What can I tell you? Now, Christine, how human. I, I met a very friendly sales associate, but Christine, my question is, do you think the man at Bed Bath & Beyond, who was very polite and told me it wasn't available, do you think he actually put a note in, customer came looking for this, we don't carry it in the stores, we should carry it, there's a demand? Do you think that went any further, Christine? Serious? Seriously? Oh, 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 the things that are going through my brain. Um, <laughs> Talk number to me. one is imagine the insights gained from that whole experience. <laughs> Um, uh, and the, the the no, I suspect he did not. Um, yes, I agree. The other the other image I have is uh, when you encounter that infuriating Macy's person. Give me an ATM. Give me an automated checkout because I can do it better than than the 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 untalented, uninspired person who supposedly is the barrier between me and getting out of the store. Um, yes, data data is so critical, and that is part of the 
the magic of um, technology is it finally gives us data. And um, I'm a big fan of Paco Underhill, and um, when his first book came out and, and described the, the anthropologist at work in the retail environment, ob- observing the shopper in her element, um, I was absolutely fascinating because that's now what we get online by being able to find out what people do. Um, so then we have the situation where there's a gap in real life. There's a gap for when you do go into that store and are frustrated because you can't find that, that, that thing that you found online. Um, you can't find it in store. Um, and that, that is where there is the big opportunity for insight um, uh, is figuring out what happens in those blank areas um, and take that to an extreme with products that take transformation. They need to be installed. They need, you know, there's steps that go on before what you buy becomes the ultimate um, solution you are looking for. What happens in between all of those steps? How do you get that data um, so that you can be smart? And insight is the difference between success and failure because interpreting insights takes intelligence. And um, it means the difference between being creepy or doing the wrong thing (laughs) and delighting a customer because you're anticipating his or her needs. You know, Thank Bonnie, you. I'd, I'd like yes, to Russ. jump in, jump in here. Um, you brought mm-hmm. up a good analogy, and Christine did a great job uh, express, uh, uh, extending that. And, and to Brian's point around digital breadcrumbs, signal outliers, and so forth, leveraging this information, the one thing that caught my attention this past year, and if you talk about an emotional aspect or a factor, Think about what happened a few days before Christmas where FedEx and UPS basically got their hand uh, slapped pretty significantly because of not being able to deliver the products. Look at the demand and look at the implications. Now, here's the thing. Are retailers looking at the implications of what those signal outliers that took place there? And that's what I meant earlier about taking just taking some – uh, different uh, area, i.e. nutrition, or taking an event such as that, or taking back to school to be able to assess what went right, what went wrong last year, and how do we become better, or how do we get better at serving our customers, because those are the ones that are going to differentiate themselves and become better. Great, mm-hmm. great points, Russ. Uh, Brian, you want to, we have got two minutes till we're going to finally give you three a break, a well-deserved break. Brian, you want to wrap this segment up for us? Any thoughts about what we've been discussing? I heard you laughing in the background about my foibles with the damn meat grinder. Oh, it was heartbreaking. Uh, but, um, you know, it's just, it's just, that's the only way to say it. Um, I'm, Thank I'm you for a, your I'm, empathy. I've been a retailer my entire adult life, and this just kills me to hear stories like that. I know. But, it's um, so pathetic. But, but you, hit, uh, you hit a key point on, right on the head, and that's, that, um, and that's that relevance means satisfaction or means trip yes. assurance, as we used to call it in the old days. And, and the, problem, the problem that we're dealing with is that value isn't just, isn't just a good commodity price. It's, it's mm-hmm. so much more than that. It's relevance, and relevance is is sometimes it means a highly commoditized product wrapped uh, wrapped up in really excellent service, and sometimes it means a one-off product, one-of-a-kind product that serves a particular need and makes me feel really special about myself. 
uh, depends on depends on the need, and my needs change every day. You know, so it's not unusual for shoppers to to shop at Walmart and also to to browse Tiffany for a Christmas gift. You know, those you, those, are, those could be the very same people. Um, the way to understand these behaviors that happen outside of the store, and the only way to understand it, is to collect the information the, that the consumer leaves for you, mm-hmm. and to relate it to other behaviors that you've seen that have been successful or unsuccessful. So. Um, and and finally, the, it, let's not forget that at the end of the day, retail is entertainment. People mm-hmm. go to shop because they like to shop. So That's we're not right. talking about the elimination of shopping as we know it. What we're talking That's about right. a whole is a whole new different experience that's driven by knowledge, by information. And uh, right now the, the, the balance is wrong. Uh, consumers know far more about what we're trying to sell them than we know ourselves, and we need to fix that. Very, very well put. Thank you. And you, you mentioned entertainment, and I called it earlier in the show fun. We want to dream a little bit. We want to browse. We want to look, whether it's online or in person. We want to be treated well, respected. We want to be delighted. We want to come back and say, my time was well spent, and if I bought anything, my dollars were well spent. We want a good experience. We really do. We're still people. Guess what? I'm going to give Brian Kilcourse, Christine B. Whittemore, and Russ Hill Jr. a break for exactly one minute. Brad is waiting patiently to take us out and when we come back i'm going to ask the three of you to look into the future i want you to go to the garage the boat the attic the shack russ i don't know where you're keeping that tiffany crystal ball but i know you have one russ and i want you to go out and find it polish it off i'm going to give you exactly 60 seconds from when i say go and i want you to come back and tell me if we had this conversation exactly five years from today meaning where are we january 7th 2019 omg would we be having this conversation about chasing customer loyalty through the Beyond Channels, a.k.a. Omnichannel Experience? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Biz Buzz with Game Changers, still presented by SAP. So happy to be here live today with Brian Kilcourse, Christine B. Whittemore, and Russ Hill. We'll be right back after the break. You don't want to miss these predictions, I'm telling you. Stick around. Brad out. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Business models have a short shelf life. Today's reality, given shifting technologies, real-time information, and collaboration across time zones, competitive advantage increasingly resides in speed to market and in the cloud. The bottom line? Technology cycles will continue to shorten, making business planning cycles less realistic and strategies less tenable. You need to become a savvy innovator who looks ahead to the next technology trend and its applications to tomorrow's business and industry strategy. BizBuzz with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Biz Buzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Biz Buzz with Game Changers. 
Okay, let's get into the biz of the buzz. The biz of the buzz says five years from today in 2019, will we still be having this conversation? Our topic is beyond channels, chasing retail customer loyalty. We're talking about the retail experience, the omni-channel experience. How are people shopping today? How much and long do they think about where they spend their time, their dollars, put their heart and put their wallet? We've had quite a conversation. Now it's time to look into the future. Brian Kilcourse, I know you went out and found the crystal ball, polished it off. Why don't you kick this off predict for me five years from today will we still be even talking about retail multi-channel customer loyalty brian go no i do not think we're going to be talking about it i think that the notion of channel is going to seem very arcane in five years and the reason for that is that consumers don't see channels so for example if i'm shopping online and i find something at a good price and then i go to a store it might be a meat grinder like you talked about and then you go to the store and you find either a different item or no item at all or a different price. Mm-hmm. You don't say, oh, that's okay. I was just dealing in a different channel anyway. Um, <laughs> consumers see solutions. Channels are something that we've developed because it's convenient for us, uh, but it's not real. And uh, I expect in five years we won't be talking about it. So what would we be talking about if I got you with your expertise? RSR will still be around in five years, yes? Oh, yeah, it will be huge. What will you be talking about? What, what would, how would you redesign this topic in five years? I'll give you another minute. Go ahead, Brian. I think it's really about uh, designing one customer experience that traverses all the touch points. So one of the things that we need to think about is how are we going to, how do we want the customer to interact with our brand? And our brand is the collection of all the products and all the services, all the solutions that we offer to the consumer to solve their lifestyle need. We have to think of in terms of brand, and we have to think about the total customer experience. Okay. Will we ever be able to elevate the floor associate, I'll call it, the retail person, the one you actually see in the store? Will you be able to elevate that to a position of honor and respect and, uh, wow, when I grow up, I want to be a great associate salesperson at Macy's or Target or whatever? Will that ever have any esteem quickly? Yes or no, Brian? Boy, that's a tough one. Uh, that's okay. something we have to do. We'll get you back to part two. We'll talk about that. That'll be a good topic. Christine Whittemore, Simple Marketing Now. What do you see in the crystal ball five years from today, Christine? Well, uh, we, we talked last about entertainment, and um, uh, we'll definitely have choices between wanting to go out and do more than just those uh, mission mission uh, shopping uh, trips, which we can do online. Um, so we'll be choosing, deliberately choosing to interact with physical re- retail stores, and that's where we'll go experience something that, that is special. It'll be about discovery. Um, it'll engage the senses. Um, so we'll see a lot more of... Of Apple Store models, um, and that that can go across the board from our banking experiences to um, perhaps there'll even be um, a grocery versions of that. Um, and all of that means that there's going to be a lot more intelligence um, required in order to interpret those insights. It'll be less about buying stuff, more about uh, going above the or rising above the uh, my, uh, Maslow hierarchy of needs. Um, along with all the data that there is, um, I think there's going to be more pressure around how that data is used. Um, I think we've already seen some signs about concern over privacy, concern about people, mm-hmm. um, organizations knowing so much about me. Um, and uh, that we'll, we'll see more of um, uh, the, the equivalent of Google no longer um, identifying keywords. We'll see the same thing with people no longer making their data available. And we'll have to be such good intuitive retailers that we'll be doing it without having the actual 
actual data um, and will be rewarded because um, we are building those communities. We are creating a reason for people to come be with us. We are the place that is welcome and fun and worth going to. Um, then there's also a matter of how do we bring um, and empower the voices within our organization so that they are all actively participating in building that sense of welcome um, in creating that transformative experience. Um, and that gets to the notion of brand um, and what that means and how that's translated at an individual level. Um, but I think 2019 is going to be an exciting place for retail. Thank you, Christine. I need to keep a minute and a half for Russ, and I need a minute and a half to close. Russ, what do you see in the crystal ball? Tell me fast. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make it uh, very short, but um, there's still the belief that every retailer is chasing the single view of the customer, the silver bullet. And, and getting there, it's, uh, it's not about technology integration. It's about breaking down the silos. It's about breaking down the data silos of the organization to enable horizontal integration of the customer data across all functional areas within the industry, within the enterprise. And I want to emphasize all functional areas within the enterprise because it's about getting data into the hands of the end users, the right data. Um, You know, it's a tough question, and I'll tell you what. It goes back to what Christine said about Maslow hierarchy of need, okay, because that's what retailers are really built upon. You look at grocers different than department stores and so forth. Um, There's a new customer, and this this new customer is replacing the old arcade customer, i.e., me, and there's a transition, okay? And the mobile interface is going to be the new retail channel. And it is going to be the driving force. The other element that is important is the trading life cycle. And what I mean by the trading life cycle is the supplier-vendor-retail relationship is going to shrink. It's going to collapse. And the reason for that is is because of the need to be able to get the product into the distribution infrastructure quickly, uh, effectively, and so forth. So. You know, in the past, it's always been information hoarding between those two uh, entities. It's been an adversarial relationship. The one thing that stands out, I believe, is that these are these two areas are going to come closer together to be able to effectively instill change. Russ, I hear part two in there somewhere. We're covering a lot of new territory. I'm going to invite all three of you back. You know that already. Listen, I need time to predict on my own. Guess what? Tomorrow is Wednesday. We're going to come back with Coffee Break with Game Changers, my first live show of the year. Guess what? It's my 2014 prediction special, part two. December 18th, I brought you... I think we had 16 guests live. Each had about two minutes on the clock to tell their whatever predictions on technology, strategies, communities, people, trends, whatever for 2014 tomorrow. I bring you 14 more guests packed into a 58-minute show and more to come on January 22nd. That's a powerhouse of predictions. Thursday, we're going to have a best of show on Startup Focus with Game Changer, 1 p.m. Pacific. We're going to repeat the first show we did in the series called Why This Startup Now with Frank Grable from Semantic Visions, Marty Paco from Centerity and Manju Banzal from SAP. Next Tuesday, right here on BizBuzz with Game Changers. I know that's what you're waiting for. A new live program, The Rise of the Social Enterprise. What's up? Our panelists will be Anthony Leeper from SAP, Alan Lepofsky, regular guest from Constellation Research, and Mike Meissen from ENY. That's Ernst & Young. Learn why trusted companies experience 
four times the returns of companies with low trust and the increasing impact social media plays in building that trust. Thank you to Brian Kilcourse, wonderful. Christine B. Whittemore, wonderful. Russ Hill, wonderful. You all get a triple A, triple star. Thank you for being great panelists. Shout outs to Susan Walker, Tom Flanagan, Hot Fusion, Brad and the Business Channel team. Here's my call to action. Are you ready? Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, signing off for another episode of Biz Buzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Talk to you tomorrow on Coffee Break when we do predictions part two. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Biz Buzz with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.